Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to another edition of the Brews of the Boys podcast produced by Shway Media and brought to you by the Blogging the Boys podcast network. We are here to spend some time with you all to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, if you will. Folks, you know me. My name is Michael Sizemore. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Sizemore. Longtime front page writer for Blogging the Boys and your not so humble host of this fine show with me as always. He's the man of the hour. He's too sweet to be sour, folks. My colleague at BTB and the Arn Anderson to my Ric Flair, Mr. Tom Ryle. Yay! Yes, and you can follow Tom on Twitter, at TomRyleBTB. Um, so, you ready to talk some Cowboys, Tom? Yeah, yeah. we've got some nice developments to kind of delve into, and I think we're going to do a little diving into the roster then later on. So, yeah, let's go. Yeah. So, first up, we must apologize for the late episode here, folks. Uh, we wanted to get to your ears on Thursday, our normal day, but we uh, had some technical difficulties. Uh, we're surely happy to spend some time with you today, though, so let's uh, get down to it. Since our last show, Tom, the Cowboys mm-hmm. continue to make some roster moves, and and uh, we actually have an NFL schedule to talk about. You can check out, you know, a deeper dive into the schedule on our pod family show at the Blogging the Boys podcast feed. They have more of a detail, but we'd be remiss to not mention these roster moves and stuff. So quickly, Tom, what do you make of the front office's approach that they just seemingly every week they're tweaking to improve their roster with signings like Andy Dalton to be Dak Prescott's backup and they short up that swing tackle position with Cam Irving. What do you make of the front office approach so far? Well, it's interesting because the two are kind of polar opposites when you look at what the Cowboys have done in the past. Yeah. Uh, Cam Irving is is a traditional, okay, let's go out, pick up a bargain guy that you can't really look at him and get excited about anything. He's purely an insurance move. They just want to make sure they've got somebody that, that kind of knows what he's doing out there at the swing tackle uh, in case some of their other options, uh, you know, uh, like Brandon Knight or Mitch Hyatt don't work out, uh, which is what I think they're really hoping is going to come around. But now they've got a guy that they can plug in there at the swing tackle if they have to. Uh, just hope he's not another Chaz Green kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, if if he doesn't work, if he's not what you need, I mean, they're not on the hook for a whole lot, so they can just kind of shuffle him back off into free agency or, and and move ahead from there. You yeah. know, we've seen that over and over again. What we haven't seen in a long, long time is going out and getting a NFL starter-level quarterback to come in as your backup. Yeah. Just, I bet... 
we that was you know after we got totally stunned by the draft after we got a little bit surprised uh, uh, by them going out and getting some really decent free agencies during you know the pre-draft period after we kind of were like wow we got Mike McCarthy as the head coach they pulled another one out of the hat and jumped on Dalton uh, has been reported apparently there were some other teams that were quite interested in him yeah but he liked. He liked the situation in Dallas, and you know I'm kind of thinking he's coming in to to work under Mike McCarthy to do a little bit what Mike McCarthy did when he took a full year off. Dalton is stepping back from starting in the NFL uh, rather than go out and compete for a starting job. He's just coming in, I think, to kind of hone his craft, see where he wants to go from here. And meanwhile, we get to go into a season with a, with something we haven't had really since uh, Dak Prescott became the quarterback. Yeah. Confidence the next guy up can go in and win you some games. Yeah, especially with the talent that's on the roster. And you look at, um, I, I think that our, our brother, R.J. Ochoa, had a pretty good point that he made about um, these things. And and that is that, you know, Andy, Andy Dalton, first off, is in a pretty good situation, you know, coming into Dallas where you have a lot of talent around there. But, but he made a point that when, um, you know, Cooper Rush, who has since been cut, and has landed in New York, he made the point that, you know, this just goes to show you that if they, if Jason Garrett would have stayed the coach of the Cowboys, there was no point they were not going to get rid of Cooper Rush. They would never go after a thing like getting Andy Dalton to be the backup and stuff. But if you don't ask, you don't like, you don't ever get yes or no. You don't know, you know? And they asked yeah. Andy Dalton. They were able to get him in there. He is a hometown guy. I think it's pretty interesting, and I think it's interesting that the front office seems to be approaching these things much different than what we've seen before. Yeah, I find that encouraging. Just nothing but you know good feels about the fact that we're we're seeing some fresh thinking, and and I have to admit I was just mortified that I didn't see the Cooper Rush signing in with New York because <laughs> I, that, that's such a Garrett thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, totally. Oh, Totally. Yeah. And I think I think the joke that was going on after yeah. Cooper Rush signed in New York was Garrett's going to be the head coach of this Giants team soon, isn't he? <laughs> like, it just seems <laughs> like it. It. he's going for it. Yeah, he's going for it. Like, it just seems like it's going to happen, um, you know, and we, we spend a little bit of time there talking about the backup quarterback. You can go check out our pals. They have uh, much more details on that stuff, because by now you should already know all these things that are going on. But we got to talk about something that I felt was interesting, Tom, and that is, you know, we got backup quarterback in, but we don't have a a deal for Dak Prescott yet. It's been the talk of the offseason. Yeah. We know that the Cowboys want to get it done. Stephen Jones has made that clear this week with his comments saying that, look, this is the number one thing we got to do. This is what we want to get done. Dak's our guy. Andy Dalton reiterated that by saying, I know what my role is here. I am a backup quarterback. But I thought it was interesting that, Kirk Cousins made a comment, was asked about his former rival Dak Prescott's uh, being franchise tagged, and he said something that just made me laugh, and that is, Dak, don't worry about the franchise tag because it can be your friend. Yeah, because, well, how, how much was that fully guaranteed contract Kirk Cousins landed after uh, he did his year on wasn't the franchise it like three, tag? Wasn't it like three years, 80-something million? Yeah, it was a, it was a bunch of money uh, that he you know, gets every penny of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, this is just all about maneuvering and 
the, they're having a disagreement apparently over the number of years in the contract. That's what keeps getting reported over and over. Yeah. Um, the, the, the bottom line for us is I don't think there is any doubt that Dak Prescott is going to be ready to line up as the starting quarterback when real football activities finally get get underway. Yeah. Uh, we can just kind of relax. We'll know something no later than July 15th, which still seems you know, over two months away, but we'll yeah. know something. And it, it nothing's happening between now and then anyway. So Yeah, I, I do kind just, of find it funny. Find it really uh, funny that Kirk Cousins makes those comments because you know we've talked, we've been on this show, you and I, for over 150 episodes, almost three, you know, over three years of doing this together, and we talked back then about how when Kirk Cousins was with Washington, why would Bruce Allen not say his name correctly, like you know, yeah. calling him Kurt and all this other stuff, and it just felt like. Nobody has gotten more out of the franchise tag than Kirk Cousins had. And kudos to that guy because he he made Washington pay him more than what they were what they wanted to give him in a long-term deal. He was able to take a short-term get much more. Yeah. He okay. got his chicken, that's for sure. Exactly. So um you know, without rehashing too much on this schedule, again, you know, it's it's this is the off season. We're trying to talk about whatever we can um, with comes to the Cowboys, but uh, and we definitely encourage you to go and listen to some of our podcast friends because they had the deep dive into the schedule. But I want to pick your brain, Tom, on just a few interesting notes. Mm-hmm. First, I do think it's awesome that the Cowboys don't have to open the season against the New York Giants. Yeah, that was. I thought sure that was going to to be there with with Garrett being the new offensive coordinator the the drama was built in and ready made so yeah I was a little bit surprised and, and now we get to wait until the uh the fifth game of the season to see uh the the team go up against, up against its former head coach yeah uh, and it'll be it'll just I have to admit that's that's one game I think that all of us are looking forward to because I want to see just how many first down runs Garrett calls <laughs> uh, so he's got really Saquon Barkley. Why not? You know. Um, well, I think it's interesting that you know um, NBC. They usually have the Cowboys opener, and it's usually Cowboys versus Giants. You can pencil that in. You know, almost every single year. But ne- this year, um, Jerry Jones got his wish. The Cowboys opened up against the LA Rams in Los Angeles at the new stadium, and it is still NBC that gets that first game. So um, it's one of five, you know, primetime games. And I found it very interesting about the, uh, when the schedule was released that, you know, newly signed defensive tackle for the Cowboys, Gerald McCoy, um, he seems to be loving being a Cowboy right now, by the way. But I'll read his tweet, I'll read his tweet, Tom, and you tell me your thoughts on that. He said, I'm going to say this again louder for the people in the back, excluding Thursday night football, which every team gets, so it doesn't really count. I've only played in four primetime games in 10 years. So being able to play in five, if you include Thanksgiving, and six, if you include Thursday night football, it's a blessing. Yeah, I was going to say, if nothing else, that just reinforces the fact that there is a mystique about the Cowboys, that players want to come here because they know they're going to be on the big stage. It doesn't really matter whether the team has an up year or a down year. The broadcasters, the people that 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 sell the advertising for these games love to put the Cowboys out there because they know they're going to get eyeballs. Yeah. And you know, it great for Gerald. It was just, that was just such a wonderful comment. And it just goes to show that there are, there are the 
a haves and the have-nots in the NFL just like in everywhere else. Yeah, and, and, and you know, a lot of teams so, yeah, would say... Yeah, that was, that was funny. A lot of teams would probably say, you know, that's un- it's not fair. The Cowboys get five, or like five primetime games every year, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, look, not every NFL team spins the same way. Not every NFL team wants, you know, has the ability to garner and sell out their, you know, stadium every single weekend, all of that stuff that the Cowboys are able to do because they are such a visible brand. They are, you know, America's team, if you will. But McCoy getting to play in these primetime slots where in places like Carolina or Tampa Bay, those are games that usually get blacked out. So it's kind of yeah. interesting that McCoy, you know, has been a veteran in here and has been a great player in the NFL for 10 years. We're talking about Pro Bowls, All-Pro player, that type of stuff. He's just now getting to experience what it's like to be on Broadway, to borrow a phrase from Jerry Jones. The other thing is, you know, when you're a guy like him that, you know, may be looking at what happened after he does his time with, with Dallas, because, you know, he's not signed to, to a long deal. He he suddenly says, wow, I get to really put myself out there before more people. So if I'm still ready to play and go look for another contract, now people are going to be more familiar with what I'm doing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, just yeah. That's a nice thing to have when you're going shopping in the free agent market. You know, and, and the other thing, of course, Dallas has is that nobody else has a Jerry Jones as the owner. No, no. Just, you know, that's gonna that's just going to draw attention from nothing else. Yeah, nobody knows how to promote. Nobody knows how to make what you're doing seem like the biggest thing going on at that moment, like Jerry Jones. And, and that's why you got to respect that. And that's what has allowed all these cowboys over the years to, you know, benefit off of just even when they leave the NFL, they're able to benefit because of just that star power that the Cowboys have. Um, I got one question I wanted to bring up, of, you know, before we take our break, I wanted to ask you, if you break down the season, you know, into quarters, which is there's 17 games. So it always is going to be the last quarter is going to have five games instead of four. But if you broke this down into four quarters, which stretch of games do you think will tell us the most about the Cowboys and what they're capable of under Mike McCarthy in their first year with the new coach? Well, maybe this is, I don't know if this is the right way to look at it, but to me, it's how they come out of the gate. It's that first four games when we, we actually get to see what the, the Mike McCarthy influenced offense, because it's still Kellen Moore's offense, but yeah. Mike McCarthy definitely seems to be bringing in uh, what we think is a much better way of approaching it. Uh, you know, I think Team 40 Burger is alive and well, and it's going to be interesting to see how that does, as well as see how this revamped uh, defense under new leadership and the important special teams look. I, I think yeah. those first four games will let us know how fast the Cowboys get it all put together, which is going to be a challenge for all the teams yeah. with the lack of all-season activities and what. who knows how training camp is going to go and, and when everything is going to actually happen. But those four, four, first four games, I think, will tell us a lot, assuming that they play the schedule as it is set up now. So yeah. that's what I'm going to be looking at is, is when they get ready to swing and start playing division opponents, what kind of a groundwork have they laid? Yeah, I kind of, uh, I tend to agree with you there, you know, and Todd Archer was the first to point this out is that the McCarthy era is going to need that quick start. You know, 
Um, a lot of a lot of pundits out there right now are not so high on the L.A. Rams um, after last year. You know, the Falcons have been also taking a tumble for a couple of years since their Super Bowl. Seattle is always just tough, like playing in Seattle, you know, against Russell Wilson. That's just going to be a tough game. And then Cleveland in week four, Cleveland's a one o'clock game, but it's still, you're talking about a new defense, like you said, a new defense taking on Odell Beckham, you know, taking on their receiving core, which is pretty damn legit. Um, The Seahawks, you know, Russell Wilson's going to make things happen always. Uh, We know that Matt Ryan still, even though the Falcons in week two against the Falcons, uh, Matt Ryan is still putting up numbers, you know, and um, you started out, you know, primetime slot at a new stadium. It's going to be packed with Rams fans. It's probably going to be packed with Cowboys fans, too. But definitely, yeah, I, was, I, I, I was agree. Say, are, are, are there that many Ram fans? Really? Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you talk about them going, getting in that four game, that first four game stretch, if they're able to really like, ste- you know, step on the gas, prove themselves in that first four games. I mean, it's easy to say that the stretch of games at the end of the season where you're, you know, playing ball at Baltimore, at Cincinnati, against the San Francisco 49ers on primetime, you know, Super Bowl uh, appearing San Francisco 49ers, that kind of stuff in the Eagles and closing out against the Giants. We know that the last five games, that last stretch is always going to be tough with all of, you know, Thanksgiving and all these other things put in there. But I... Also think that even though they have a bye week, it's going to be tough weeks 9 through 12. I really feel like the Cowboys will have, you know, they want to go into that first, that their bye week in week 10, which is kind of nice, Tom, to see them have a late bye for once, like, yeah. you know, instead of having it in week 6 and stuff. The Cowboys, you know, they take on the Steelers first in week 9 and on NFL Network, and then they get their bye, but then they got to go to Minnesota, which is a tough place to play, a tough defense to play against, and then they got Washington, which we just don't know what Washington's going to be, and they could be better than most people think. So I think that that first stretch, I would agree with you, is definitely the one that is going to tell us the most about this team. Um, But uh, we're going to just, we're going to break early, and then when we come back, um, we're going to talk about a little bit more about some of the odds of these games, and then we're going to move on into talking about the Cowboys cornerbacks. We'll be right back on the Brews and the Boys podcast. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we are back on the Bruce and the Boys podcast. Um, my next question, I guess, about the schedule and my pretty much my last question about the schedule is which game on, you know, on this year's schedule, Tom, do you see as your sleeper? Um, I guess I'll, I'll go first and I'll just say that I think that week six game, Monday night football against the Cardinals, just because of what we're conditioned, I know that the Cowboys, when they played the Cardinals, weird shit happens. It just always does. But I expect also Kyler Murray to take a step this year. So I think the Cardinals might be a real tough game for the Cowboys. What, what say you? Yeah, um, that the Cardinals are a real, I think, mystery. Uh, we don't really know for sure what they've got. For me, a, a sleeper game, and you know, it's just it all comes down to one player. Is you know, a few weeks later, they're gonna they're gonna line up against the Cincinnati Bengals, which is you know they've got Joe Burrow, number one overall pick. Is that going to really turn the team around? You know, and then you've got the, the little side drama of the fact that Andy Dalton is going to be on the opposite sideline, uh, hopefully just looking on. Yeah. Well, I, well, no. He, what I was going to say is that the Cowboys are going to be thirteen and zero at that point, so they're just going to let Dalton beat his old team. <laughs> Why that not? Would be hilarious. My my thought was that the Cowboys jump out to a huge lead and let Dalton come in and play a lot of the second half just so he can rub it in a little. Oh yeah. So uh, throw a touchdown but, pass to CeeDee yeah, Lamb. I think, <laughs> I think I think that might be a, a, a I don't know, you know, that's gonna be a real exciting game, but I think it's gonna be a very interesting game to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that um, you know, the, the Cowboys the, their schedule this year seems to you, I think that everybody gets ahead of themselves when they start talking about who's going to be good and who's not going to be good and who, yeah. strength of schedule and all that. Like last night, you know, or, or when the schedule was posted and stuff, they were talking about how, oh, well, the Cowboys have the 10th easiest schedule. I'm like, guys, how the hell do you make that? Like, ter- yeah, term- well, You don't know. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know what these other teams are going to take a leap because it always happens. Every single year, teams do really well. You know, you don't know if the which teams have gotten significantly better. Cleveland had a great draft, so week four could be tough. Arizona, you know, we talked about not knowing what they have. Well, we know what they do have. Don't they have DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, <laughs> and, and and you know that, that some teams that on paper look like they're going to be really good are going to kind of be crumbling by midseason. Yeah. Because things just aren't going well, and you never know who that's going to play. We're always hoping it's the Eagles, but you know, you never know. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so let's just go to the odds. Neither one of us are Vegas guys, but the odds were posted for every game, and I'll just kind of run down the list. We'll go um, by. We'll just kind of go down this, and I'll get your thoughts. Um, so the Cowboys open up as two and a half point favorites at Rams. Do you think that that's logical? I think it's logical. Um, you know. You don't want to get here and start picking out, well, that's a win, that's a win. Uh, yeah. was, uh, Frank Caliendo did a great little video on Twitter of uh, 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 John Gruden doing that. You know, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was which I thought was hilarious. But 
uh yeah i i think that one's that one i can see i i i am a little a little skeptical that golf is going to be doing that well so yeah. yeah i think the cowboys should be favored uh maybe a little bit more yeah um i thought i thought so too i think the cowboys should be favored by four in that game because i don't the rams just don't seem like a team they seem more like the the falcons where they got to, they got, you know, had all this steam running into the Super Bowl. They get beat by the Patriots, and now they just kind of, the Cowboys walloped them last year, you know? I mean, just yeah. killed them. And and the Cowboys roster is prob- is much better, I think, going into 2020 than it was in 2019. So that could be a, that could be a, a weird one, but I, I do believe that the Cowboys should be favored more. Now, I do think them getting seven versus the Falcons at home, I don't think the Falcons are that bad. I don't think that they yeah. are. Um, yeah, they may be due for a rebound. Yeah. Uh, now, the Seattle being favored by three, I, I thought was kind of surprising to me because I think that Seattle should have been favored by more than a field goal. They gave them just the three-point favorite for being the home team. But maybe, um, you know, te- people have talked about the the how Seattle's kind of fallen off, um, but I still see Russell Wilson making stuff happen. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah but... I think that's more a reflection of how everybody thinks Pete Carroll coaches because he coaches to win in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, and he, he they tend to let uh, teams hang around. So, yeah, I can see this one coming down to the end of the game and being tied or very close. Yeah, and then kind of moving along, um, the Cowboys are favored by three and a half against the Cleveland Browns. Um, that's a home game. I, though I do believe Cleveland's going to be um, better, I do also think a one o'clock game might – see Cleveland get off to a um, quick start, but I think the Cowboys could still take care of uh, Baker Mayfield and, and the Browns because I don't think Baker Mayfield's nearly as uh, impressive as people hoped he would be. Um, yeah. I, I just think that he's kind yeah. of, he's been off as a quarterback. Now, the next one is going to be bulletin board material for Jason Garrett up in New York because the Cowboys are favored by seven and a half points in a home game against the Giants, but we know that Jason Garrett does so well against NFC East opponents. Do you think that carries over with him to New York against the Cowboys? I, I certainly think uh, I'd be a little leery of a touchdown margin. Yeah, I uh, that and and once again, you know, the odd, the odds are more about getting the money. Yeah, correct. Uh, evened out for Vegas, and it's so early. But yeah, uh, that that seems a little bit much, uh, even this far out, to be favoring the Cowboys on that one. Yeah, and then, um, you know, I'm not going to go all the way through the schedule because I just think that some of these are interesting. I think it's interesting that the Cowboys are favored by six at Washington, and then they turn around and play them again later on in the season. They're favored by 11 at home versus Washington. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it seems that, like everyone you know, thinks Washington's going to be really bad. Yeah, you can kind of see that, and that's largely because I don't think they really know what they've got with Haskins, and you know they certainly have some other some other roster issues. Uh, they had a pretty good draft, but you know we don't really know how it's going to play out. So yeah, I think that's just a general belief that Washington is still going to be the dumpster fire that it usually is. Well, we could hope. I hope they are. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm hope. sure there's some hope. nice guys that play for that team, but I yeah, hope but who, they are. That, who's who is that guy they drafted in the first round? Again. Oh, God. Yeah, you see? <laughs> <laughs> Woof. Woof. Okay, so um, the last two that I want to talk about because um, is I think that uh, it's a little bit disrespectful that the Ravens are getting 
plus seven. I know the Cowboys have not beaten Baltimore. <laughs> you know, have, since they played Baltimore, that series, the Ravens, they take care of business. But I think this new Cowboys team is better than being than giving the home team Ravens a favor by a touchdown. Yeah, it to, to me that looks like a game that lines up strength against strength because we're thinking that the Cowboys offense is going to be the best part of the, their team, and you know the Ravens still have that kind of like we're gonna we're gonna beat you up with our defense. Uh, so that's yeah. going to be an interesting thing to match up. And yeah, I think uh, the Ravens. Uh, let's see here, is that uh, that is at. Baltimore, so I can see them definitely being favored. Uh, that may be a little bit much, uh, but you know it's a long yeah. way out. But yeah, I'm like you. And the last one that's weird to me, Tom, is the Pickham versus the you know San Francisco 49ers at home. Dallas will be at home, but they <laughs> there it's a Pickham with the 49ers, and I don't know if uh, that defense for San Francisco is still pretty pretty legit. Yeah, and the team seems to be pretty legit they did just get to the super bowl you know yeah they are i think that the um that them that being a pick em, i i would have thought that that would have been at least a two and a half favorite for the 49ers um yeah yeah so too. so now um getting but, into the meat well go ahead go ahead you were gonna say yeah, I, I was gonna say there has been a kind of a trend of teams that lose the super bowl taking a step back the next year and I, I'm wondering if that's not what's really driving that. Yeah, that, that could be. Um, but now since um, in our last like 15 minutes or so, I wanted to just kind of talk about the roster and I think um, talk about positions and, and doing a, a review of these positions, Tom, now that the Cowboys have been through free agency, now that they've been through the draft. I just wanted to spend some time talking today about the cornerbacks. Um, you, we knew that when the Cowboys lost Byron Jones, it was going to be a big deal to go you're going to have to hit corners in free agency you were going to have to hit corners in the draft as well but first i want to ask you how you feel about the veteran corners that the cowboys signed in maurice Canaday and daryl worley um and how they mix with the veterans that are already in the locker room what roles do you think these two corners these free agent corners might have in this defense well let's let me start off by saying that you know i'm just kind of going under the assumption that the rumors about Cheeto awuzie uh getting a look at safety are probably valid uh so i'm not really going to include him in the mix right now because i think at least once when they start out they're they're not going to be counting him as the corner so that what that leaves you with is you've got two returning starters in anthony brown and jordan lewis even though they weren't necessarily the full-time starters they certainly did start in in a lot of games and they they did a lot of time and you've got to remember that uh the Cowboys primarily play nickel as their defense. They do that more than they do the so-called base defense. So we're yeah. looking at three starting corners. So you've got two guys that are established, and then you've got, uh, particularly, I think, with uh, Worley, I think he's got a shot at getting himself into that mix, at least getting into a rotation. Yeah, uh, let's I say actually you, was going to say that, like, Tom, I was going to say that Worley has a shot at possibly – beginning the season as a starter if the Cowboys aren't too comfortable in, um, you know, some of their rookies and stuff that they have or some of the other guys. I, I do think that Worley started, you know, 15 games for the for the Raiders last year, and 
they just kind of wanted to get rid of him, but he doesn't seem to be a horrible option. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I do think that probably if I were going to pencil in who's got the the best uh, in the best situation, I think maybe Jordan Lewis in the slot is yeah. is a guy that I think we can probably depend on the most so that you've kind of got Worley is going to be really in the mix with Brown uh, trying to figure out who's ahead there. And, you know, then Kennedy, uh, he may be as much a special teams guy, so making the roster may be, uh, something he can do. It's just a matter of how is the the uh, the, the depth chart going to stack up? Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I think that what you said about Jordan Lewis is is kind of um, a good point to make because what we know about Mike Nolan, what we've heard him talk about, is he likes those those corners that you know kind of have a little bit of grit to them, a little bit of um, you know they they have some attitude is what I'll call it. And you look at I think. When you look at Cheeto, you look at Anthony Brown, and you look at Jordan Lewis, just the incumbents in that locker room, I think that Jordan Lewis might have the best uh, – he might have the best chance of impressing the coaches early and, and keeping a spot. Yeah he's, yeah, he's the smallest guy, but he may have the most dog in him. Yeah, that, there you go. That's a perfect way of putting it. He, he might have the most dog in him. Um, you did mention che- it, Cheeto possibly moving to safety, but do you think that um, – that that is something that they are thinking about doing permanently? Or do you think that this could be a multiple defense where the Cowboys decide to move guys all over, depending on the game? That's kind of the unknown. Uh, you know, he, I, he's a guy I could kind of see lining up uh, in both ways. Uh, maybe on a, you know, doing more corner one game, more safety the next, or actually, you know, moving back and forth depending depending on the situation, you know, if they get the other team in a, uh, where they're going to be, you know, the Cowboys have a lead, then, you know, maybe they want to, to put him back at safety. And, and it's just, it's just hard to say. I, I do know that I think one of the things that we're going to be looking at is that the watchword right now seems to be uh, press man coverage, that that seems to be where they're going with this. And, the other real thing that I'm really wanting to see that we don't have much of an idea at all and won't for a while is what is uh, Maurice Linguist, the new coach, going to be doing with this? And uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what he likes uh, along with Mike Nolan uh, in the secondary. Yeah. And, you know, just to put like a bow on the, the veterans there, I think that what the Cowboys did as far in free agency was probably the best that you could hope for because, you know, we heard that they tried to go after a couple of the higher priced, you know, free agent guys, but it just didn't work out like with Darius Slay and stuff. But I do believe that they addressed it well enough by getting a depth corner like Maurice Canada and then going after somebody that, you know, could start for you and has started many games in the NFL and, and Worley. Um, so now let's move on to the rookies, because I know you and I both are excited about these rookies. We've talked about the veterans, but I think the Cowboys were so fortunate in this draft to land Trayvon Diggs where they were in the second round, and then they doubled back to get Robinson, Reggie Robinson in the fourth. Do you believe some of the whispers that Diggs is practically a day one starter outside of whichever who's going to be QB or cornerback two, possibly, you know, possibly could be Cheeto or possibly somebody else, but do you believe that Diggs is a day one starter? I think it's a good possibility. I, I won't say that I'm penciling him in in my mind, but 
I think they're going to give him every opportunity to prove it because, you know, he they had him as a possible first-round level yeah. talent on their own board, and that means that they're thinking of him as a guy who can come in. I, I, I believe we're going to see him starting before the end of the year. I, I think that is, is a really high possibility if he stays healthy. And yeah. so, you know, and if somebody else gets nicked up, he could that could get jumped up. Or he just may impress them so much when they finally get to camp that yeah they just they just give him one of the the corner spots and and tell him it's yours uh, you know run with it and so yeah I'm excited about him and you know I'm I'm also very you know I'm looking at Reggie Robinson as as being having two values one uh, he's coming in he is a special teams uh, ace. I think that that's yeah, what he will yeah. probably be doing mainly, but he's a future play because it, the word was he was rising for a lot of teams. A lot of teams were looking at him as a guy that came on really strong late in his college career. And so he may be somebody that, you know, in, in 21 or 22, he may be a guy that's really in the mix now to be a starter because once again, you know, you've got contracts coming up, uh, you know, people that you're going to have to make a decision on. Do you keep them or not? Uh, you know, and, you know, you yeah. don't know how, you know, I don't know what, I don't know off the top of my head what, uh, you know, West, Westry signed for, or not Westry, but uh, Worley signed for. Yeah. Uh, no, so, I think they're mostly like one-year deals and stuff. And, and to, to, to the point about these rookies is that, you know, Diggs was the top pick for the defense, you know, and, and in their minds, like you mentioned, they look at Diggs as a fringe first round pick. So I definitely think with his ability to play, you know, that man coverage style that we keep hearing that, that, you know, press man, that is what he does. Well, he plays it like a receiver with his hands, you know, so smooth because he used to be a receiver. I just think that Trayvon Diggs is going to be one of the starters. And when it comes to Reggie Robinson, when you listen to the way the coaches talked about him, Tom, that you you talk about Diggs definitely starting by the end of the season. Reggie Robinson could be in the mix there. I think he definitely could. I think he's the kind of guy that you're you might, you know. I, I don't think it's too much to expect him to maybe be continuing to be that fourth corner, the guy that comes in to spell the other guy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I'm excited about that and. Another thing, I'm, I talked about the coaching. I'm really, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how much I want this. I'm really hoping that these guys start getting their technique changed so that they turn around and track the ball instead of playing the receiver all the way and, you know, having the ball get there with their head still turned away from it. Yes. Uh, th that, I think, is one of the things I've, I've also heard mentioned about why Awuzie may be getting that look at safety is because there's a belief that if he's playing that center field type position, he's going to be facing the ball. And that gives him a chance to maybe get his hands on it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, somebody uh, that I heard mentioned earlier in the discussion when, when you were involved uh, about a, a, an outside cornerback coach was saying like he was talking to, to one of the Cowboys players. He was working with them and he was going to show him a technique about, you know, getting interceptions to, to look a certain way. Yeah. And he said that the, the player said, well, yeah, we're not allowed to use that technique. Yeah. They were using, because before they were using uh, Chris Richard's uh, step thing, that one step 
that he talked about when he first got hired, which um, it just, it's not, sometimes like what I like about Mike McCarthy is like, you have to look at what the strengths of your players are and not necessarily, mm-hmm. just not necessarily trying to pin them and put them in your scheme. Just make, be free with your scheme to play better football, you know, yeah. to play better defense. You may- yeah, you mentioned Diggs's background as a receiver. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. let's get that in there. Let's let's give him a chance to take the ball away because, you know, uh, again, I'm I'm stealing I think from you, but uh, if if you can go out there and instead of the bend don't break and bend and bend and bend and well, okay, eventually they get in anyway. Let's occasionally get a turnover, even if we uh, do give up a big play or two. Let's go for the big payoff because one or two interceptions in a game can completely change it. That's an immediate uh, momentum shifter. It's an, usually an immediate field position shifter. More often than not, the person so, that wins the turnover battle wins the football game. That That's plain yeah. and simple. Tre- Diggs and Robinson – the reason that they are here in Dallas, the reason that they were high on the boards for the Cowboys is because of the style of football they play. They attack, they're aggressive, they get turnovers. Trayvon Diggs got and, interceptions in college, and Reggie Robinson, not only did he get interceptions when he started in college, but he also blocked four kicks. So, yes, I mean, this yeah, is yeah. special I'm, teams. Will I'm, I know Bones Fossil can't wait for this. Yeah, and and that's also I think something that uh, Jordan Lewis has in his favor is that of the current players, he showed a little bit of a a, a head for the ball. He didn't get an, enough opportunities, and it wasn't always there. But you know, I, I think we're going to see the Cowboys try to bring that out. Uh, turnovers are one of the things that you can't you can't make them happen, but you can certainly do everything you can to put your players in the best position to get them. Like you said, this, this, you know, with Jordan Lewis, like you said, they're looking for some dogs in these guys, which guys have that in them. And I think that that bodes well for Jordan Lewis. I think that bodes well for Traylon Diggs. And, and I would like to see it bode well for some of the other guys they brought in. Ha-ha Clinton Dix definitely has been a guy that's got his hands on a few picks and a few pro, oh, yeah. uh, former pro bowler and stuff. So for sure, um, I, I will say that I feel pretty good about what this cornerback position going into the 2020 season. I feel as good as you can. You know, it's it's not going to be one person that replaces Byron Jones immediately. You're just not going to have that. That's not how the NFL works. But I do believe yeah. that the Cowboys did about the best they possibly could, Tom. What, what say you? Yeah, with with the way they drafted and what they've done, uh, they did a good job of finding a way to get through losing Byron Jones. Yeah, he's a tremendous player. I would love to have seen him with some different coaching, but they I think they found a way to put it back together in his absence and be able to feel comfortable going forward that they are going to be able to go out and defend the pass. Yep. 
Well, that's all we got for you guys today. We want to thank you all for listening. This has been the Brews and the Boys podcast, an official podcast of the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Look out for our Apple and Android links on any of our social media platforms and our Twitter, at Blog and the Boys. Um, definitely subscribe to our BTB podcast feed where you can get great shows like ours, but also Ocho Live is a daily show. you got Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray. The 750 with RJ Ochoa and two-time Super Bowl champion Tony Casillas. And we can't forget about talking the draft with Connor Livesey and Dalton Miller. They can tell you much more about Trayvon Diggs and Reggie Robinson. You don't want to miss out. Until next time, remember to head over to hey. BTB for all your Cowboys needs. You can follow Tom at Tom Rowell BTB, and I'm at Mr. Sizemore. You had something to say, Tom? Uh, keep keep tuned because there is a constant drive led by RJ Ochoa to improve what we're doing with the podcast. So, yeah, just stay tuned. Yeah, we're just trying to get better day by day. Day by day. We're all day by day. Just saying that. We're working (laughs) on it. Until next time, adios, Cowboys Nation. Bruising the Boys was created by Tim Phillippe and Michael Sizemore. The show is a production of Shway Media and is brought to you by way of Blogging the Boys, SB Nation, and is part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Michael Sizemore and Tom Ryle and is produced and edited by Tim Phillippe. The show's theme song is by Timmy Two-Step. For more information, visit bruisintheboys.com. Bruise in the Boys.